You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everybody, we are powered up and ready to fly high again on the latest edition of Gun on One, the podcast. It is powered by Patterson Square Garden. I'm Derek Gunn. Well, we are in the midst of the football season, but we step aside from football for just a moment for a bigger issue in this region. And of course, it entails the one and only Ben Simmons. For good, bad, or indifferent, it is what it is. So I had to bring in a man who was behind the mic for 27 years. He was the legendary voice of the 76ers, and I'm still trying to get adjusted to not hearing him call the games. He is my friend and former colleague, Mark Zumov. What's up, Z? Don't forget brother as well. We are brothers in arms. We work together a lot, and um, I always respected you and appreciated you as a colleague, and I am delighted to be here. And it just goes to show you how big this Ben Simmons thing is. Uh, This Ben Simmons thing is when when it, it supersedes football. Because, you You're know, right. what in Philly supersedes football until, you know, after the Super Bowl? Exactly. Now, I, I've got to ask you this, first of all, because it's it's weird getting used to, to listening to a Sixers game and not hearing your golden tones. Um, any regrets so far in your brief retirement? No, none whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I'm, really, I'm really happy. Uh, my message to Sixers fans is this. Kate Scott is terrific. Yep. She is. She, take it from me. I, you know, I, I, I've been a play-by-play announcer more than half my life, and technically speaking, uh, from an informative and entertainment standpoint, and all the rest, um, it's just you know uh, we're slow to change in Philly, and yep. um, I, I think that uh, while I appreciate the fact that people will say that they miss me, I urge them to just uh, try to embrace Kate, give her a chance. And I think before too long, people are going to really get the fact that she's good. And she is now the TV voice of the Sixers. And I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm really happy about it. And 
I am eager to continue to see her development. So, so what was it like passing the baton to Kate? In terms of the retirement, that was just something uh, that had been a long time in the making. It was yeah. at least a couple of years where I've been contemplating it. And I, I've had a long time now, Derek, to get used to the idea. Mm. And I've soaked up my time with so many other things. I really haven't had a chance to think too much about you know, missing my friends, missing my colleagues, missing the, the buzz that you get uh, live from being on the air. And I did have the opportunity to have lunch with Kate. We had a two-hour lunch, and she is an absolute delight. And all she wants to do is fall in love with the team and fall in love with the city and become a part of things here for a long time to come. And I think in Philly, um, we're always really nice to visitors. I mean, a lot of times with each other, we tend to be a little bit curt. But I know mm -hmm. that when people come to visit Philly and they ask directions or where do I get a cheesesteak or that sort of thing, we're always like, hey, you know what? I'll, I'll give you this option, that option, the yeah. other one. So all I'm saying is, uh, you know, just consider Kate right now, uh, you know, a fresh face who is new to our area and needs to feel our love. And believe me, she'll give it to you 10 times back in return. Well, I sure hope this city gives her um, a fair shake indeed. All right. Now, on to the matter at hand. All right. Mr. Simmons, mm. um, could you see this thing unfolding the way it has in the latter stages of last season? I don't think anybody saw this come to be coming, to be quite honest with you. It has been uh, one of the weirdest scenarios involving a player and a team that I've ever seen. I think uh, in terms of Ben Simmons and his agent and his camp, as they now put it, uh, there was a gross overestimation as to the kind of leverage they thought they had in this situation. Because now, quite frankly, Ben is in this weird corner where he wants to get paid, but he doesn't want to be here. And you can't have both. You either have to be committed or at least act like you're committed and then go through the motions and allow the opportunity for a trade to take place. One thing that uh, I don't think his camp considered either was the fact that Daryl Morey and the Sixers ownership, these are really smart guys. And if you're trying to make the best trade available for Ben Simmons, keep in mind, and I think the data is December 15th or 16th, there's a whole bunch of players right now in the first year of their contracts that can't be traded until that time. Mm -hmm. So if you have your eyes on certain guys that you think uh, you want to get back in a trade, they're not going to be available for, what, another month and a half, two months almost. Right, right. So um, – it's sad, really, because uh, I think Ben's an, an absolute gem as a player. I know he's got terrific holes in his game as it relates to his offense, but he is a he's a game changer. He's unique. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. I'm a big advocate of defense in any sport, and I think when you have a guy like him, uh, it could be a, a great strategic piece for a coach. And, um, you know, now it's dissolved into nothingness. Uh, I think the irony here, quite frankly, is that it's starting to unite the team. And they mm -hmm. seem to have taken this whole Ben Simmons thing as a rallying cry as they've sort of put him off now and said, hey, you know what? We're going to show that we can win without you. He spent this summer alienating teammates, front office personnel, 
Somebody gave this young man some bad advice along the way because right now he's alienated himself from, from everybody in the organization. He, do you agree that he went about handling his business the wrong way? I'm going to say this. Um, I'm not sure how much of this is, again, uh, the people who counsel him and Ben himself. If you think about it, uh, I don't, and I don't know how Ben was brought up. I'm not, I'm not privy right. to all of that. But how much criticism was he given? How much accountability was he uh, asked to give uh, in terms of, you know, I don't want to practice jump shots. Well, no, you should because it'll make you uh, mm -hmm. a more complete player. How many people went back at him and said, listen, you got to do this, that, and the other thing. Um, ben was never really the warmest guy in the locker room. I never took that uh, personally or as any sort of an affront. But, um, you know, to me, that might indicate that this is someone who maybe wasn't uh, real comfortable with his, in his own skin unless things were going his way. Mm. And unfortunately, that hasn't happened now. And maybe the fact that it's blown up the way it has is because whether it's his camp or, or Ben himself, they, they, they're, they're not able to look inside themselves or he's not able to look inside himself and say, you know what, I need to be accountable here. I need mm -hmm. to figure out what it is that I have to do for my teammates, for my game, or at least do what I have to for this particular situation in order for me to get what I want, which is to not be here anymore. 76ers have said time and time again, we are, we are planning to move forward with Ben Simmons unless there is a trade that can make us better. The guy barely gets here. He gets kicked out of a practice, suspended for the first game of the season, at this point, should the 76ers consider cutting their losses and, and getting some solid role players that can help this team out? Let's put it this way. That yeah. is something, I think that's a card that Daryl Morey holds, that as the season goes on, he can exercise that option. So in other words, let's say they have a 20-game window that they want to use to assess the team, and they say, hey, you know what? We're doing okay. And this Ben Simmons thing has actually been a positive for us. It's not been a distraction. Uh, you know, he's been, they're, they're not paying him or he's being fined or both. And, um, you know, we're, we're doing okay. We, we sort of have that in our back pocket. And then, you know, if we think come the February trade deadline, hey, you know what? Here, here's someone that's still around. I hope it doesn't come to that, but here's someone who's still around. And now we can use him to get X, Y, and Z for the stretch run. So, you know, maybe that's the game plan. I don't know. But you have to believe that Daryl Morey and the Sixers management and ownership, they thought this out all the way through. And they've been thinking it out since the summertime. And they probably played out all the scenarios and probably envisioned something like this. Well, what if he reports and doesn't play? Or what if he doesn't report? You know, they went through all of that and, and they came up with the conclusion that they have all the leverage. The guy signed a four-year contract. He needs to be out there playing. And if he's not, you know, we don't have to do anything, especially if the team is doing well. So, um, you know, that's kind of the way I see it from here. Is it your belief that the 76ers organization handled this entire situation the best way they possibly could, or somewhere along the line, did they mishandle this? I'm not sure what else you can do. If you want to coach a player or teach a player or get him to do X, Y, and Z, and he doesn't want to do it, 
Uh, yes, you do have the option to trade him if he doesn't want to be here. But uh, I respect the fact that they want to get full value. Uh, ben Simmons is, is a multiple all-star. He is, uh, in many ways, a once-in-a-generation player when you consider his physical skills and his overall basketball skill set, outside shooting notwithstanding. So I don't know what else you could do. I am sure, I am positive that whether it was Doc Rivers or assistant coaches, they said, Ben, you know what? When you're open at the elbow, it's okay. I'm sure players have said to him, hey, take the three-point shot every once in a while. Hey, take a look at Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's got a similar skill set, a 6'10 guy who you know, can handle the ball and, and do almost everything at a basketball court. And, and he's not the greatest free-throw shooter. Game seven of the Eastern Conference or the, uh, the, the NBA Finals notwithstanding, I mean, he was absolutely unreal. But, um, you know, it, pattern yourself after his game. What is he, a career 30% three-point shooter? But he makes enough or shoots enough that you have to respect that. I am sure they, 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 they tried almost everything you could possibly try to get him to conform or change his game or develop new parts of his game. And if he doesn't want to do it, I don't know what else you can do. Hmm. Doc Rivers has already said if if and when Ben Simmons is ready to come back, we will welcome him back. But your team leader and franchise player, Joel Embiid, has already stepped to the forefront and said publicly, man, I don't care what this guy is doing now. You know, he does what he wants to do. And I'm sure that's the sentiment of a lot of guys in that locker room. How can he walk back in that locker room now and try to be one of the guys when you just said, and I agree, that this team seems to be rallied around the cause without him more so than with him. You know what, Derek? There's always time for forgiveness. There's always time for redemption. No matter how bad things get, you can always put it out there, whether it's a one-on-one conversation or a group conversation or a conversation with a shrink or whatever it happens to be. You can get your feelings out there. You can hug. You can cry. You can do whatever's necessary to admit your culpability and kiss and make up and and move on. That's always a possibility. But I respect what Joel is saying. It, it's, it's, it's time to, for us to do what we do. That's to play the game and to win and compete. And Joel really, I think, is stepping up and showing some leadership here and saying, dude, we got the first of 82. We got to close ranks and go to work. You know, our mission is to win a championship. You take a look at Joel with the shape that he's in and the way that he's playing right now. Dude means business. Um, and, and, and if you want to make it a good cop, bad cop thing, well, then, you know, Doc Rivers can and probably should say that. Yes, we will welcome Ben back, whether it's to really have him back or just to uh, put up a good face because, you know, at some point you have to make a trade. You know, the million dollar question has to be if and when Ben Simmons steps on the court in a 76ers uniform, especially a home game. Can a young man in what is mid twenties handle this kind of kind of pressure? Because you and I both know very well, soon as he gets out there, the boos are going to rain down on him. I think if you're the Sixers, you have to consider the circumstances before you play him. If it comes exactly. to that, right? I don't think. I think if he comes back and he comes back kicking and screaming, and he continues to practice with a cell phone in his pocket and shows bad body language, yep. that you, you don't want to put him out there on the floor, that it's just it's detrimental to everybody, 
and it's going to be a huge that then it becomes a huge distraction and it doesn't serve to unite the team. He's got to be either all in or at least show the appearances of being all in or be all out. All right. So I think Jason Kelsey said it perfectly recently when he was asked about the Simmons situation and he summarized it like this. Hey, man, just play better and this city will love you. I don't think you can put it any simpler than that. I think it's the perfect formula. D, we're not that complicated here. All right. You know, we're, we're Philly. Okay. We, we no, no one anywhere knows uh, what it is to put in a day's work and, and hopefully get uh, a dollar in return. We understand that value. Uh, come on, you know, as a kid, I, I got paid $15 every Saturday to, to clean an entire furniture store in South Philly, you know, when I was in high school in the 70s. And, and when, when I saw what my hard work got, which was money that I could go out and spend, go to the movies with my friends or bowling or whatever, I said, you know what, um, th- this, this makes sense to me, that I need to have a work ethic. I wouldn't have gotten where I got without some sort of a, a work ethic, a belief in myself and uh, a feeling that I could do whatever it is that I wanted to do as long as I put in the effort. Um, we, we could smell a phony a mile away. And if you don't want to put in the work and uh, you want to try to sort of skate by, that's not what we're about here. Uh, we get it. And Jason Kelsey, because he's played here, he gets it. So, um, you know, maybe one day Ben Simmons will get it. Well, I can't wait to see how this saga all plays it out, whether he's here or elsewhere before this season is all said and done. Now, I put out on my social media page recently, and I, and I appreciate you retweeting it. I said, hey, we're going to have Mark Zumoff on Gun on One. If you have some questions you'd like to ask Mark, pass them along to me. So I picked out some selected questions, and are you ready for, let's, for some? Let's do it. So, all let's right, here's one. The first question uh, is from Scooter McGilly. Um, and he says, which player does Mark have his eye on in a potential Simmons trade? Oh, geez. <laughs> well, I, I, whenever I look at a player, I want to know, can he play both ends of the floor? Is he versatile? And, and I, I might be skirting the issue here, but I, I haven't really thought that deeply to the point where I got like a list of players right here. Yep. But I, I, I hear the prerequisites. I want someone who can defend. I want someone who's got a varied skill set. You always want someone who could shoot from the outside, spread the floor for Joel Embiid. And uh, you want a guy who wants to compete and will compete until the buzzer. And then you want, you want a guy who is willing to fit in with the team and play whatever role because roles right now are pretty defined and the chemistry you could sort of see certainly based on one game, mm-hmm. is coming together. So now the question is, how will this person fit in to a scheme or a, a chemistry that you already have that, that exists? If you could find that guy or guys, then um, you know I, I like that. There are certainly other general managerial-type considerations, you know, contracts and how, how long a contract this guy has. And, mm-hmm. you know, am I, am I hoping to get guys who have expiring contracts because I have my eye on somebody else in the summer of 22? You know, it, it, that stuff has to be addressed, I think, by the front office. But uh, those are my prerequisites for a guy that I want on my team. All right. Brooklyn MD09 says, 
Should I lock all my doors and windows? <laughs> or windows and doors, as the guy used to say. Yes. Um, I, I, I would strongly advise doing that, especially when it's going to get cold because that's happening or when you have harsh weather. Locking all windows and doors is uh, an important skill set when you want to protect your family at night. Before you go to bed, mm -hmm. you parents, make sure you go not only around the room, but all around the house and just make sure you lock all windows and doors. That's good advice. All right. Uh, Harry the K wants to know, what does Mark think Ben Simmons' problem is? And, and, you know, it's hard for me to do to, to look inside somebody's head and figure out what's going on. I, I think on the surface, it, it, the general consensus is <clears throat> that Ben was an unbelievable talent while he was growing up. And that when it came to any shortcomings or any criticisms, he was either protected from it or simply didn't get it because he was a prodigy. And he grew up in this bubble where, um, you know, there, there wasn't any accountability. So by the time he became an adult, this became, you know, a part of him. Um, you know, again, it's really hard for me to, to, to get inside somebody's head. But as you look at it on the surface, you know, the guy's been a professional now for a number of years. There are parts of his game that he has to work on. We always used to say every summer you recognize what it is that you have to work on and you always come back with at least one new skill set every year, every year. And the great players will do that. It, you can't tell me that Giannis Antetokounmpo when he was practicing over the summer. And, and it might not even be something that's truly evident in his game. But, but what is it that, that he could do better? Maybe it is three-point shooting or free-throw shooting. That uh, What is it that I can do better that will make me better and make my team better? And, and I'm not sure that we've seen evidence uh, of that in Ben in the time he's been here. All right, Jeremy Hammer has two questions in one. And he wants to know, what is your biggest regret in your career? And what are you most proud of in your career? Well, there's always calls on big plays that you, you know, listen, Derek, you, you've done this. We are, we have a, we are artists is what we are. Yeah. So there's a certain subjectivity to it. Someone has to like you. Yes, there are certain things that you do correctly and certain things you might do incorrectly. But I think um, by and large, we are artists. So when you go back, when I go back and I, I look at games or calls or things that I've done professionally, and that goes back to even before I was the voice of the team, there are always things that you think you could have done better, done differently, what have you. I think the thing that I'm most proud of is the fact that I just did it. That as a kid growing up in Northeast Philly, who rooted for the Sixers from the time that I was eight or nine years old, when my father took me to my first game in the first year of the team, uh, the fact that I was able to, through luck or determination or people were nice to me or whatever the combination of facts were, um, I, that I was able to, to do what it is that I did. Because now that I look back on it in retirement, I still can't believe that I did it. Yeah, yeah. All right. The final question I have, I'm going to save for my last question in a few moments, and you'll understand why when I get to it. But I want to make sure I get this in. Okay, your retirement has been brief. And from what, I, what I'm hearing... Mark Zumoff is all over the place, but you've, you've just enlightened me that you are now an ambassador for 
the Maccabi Games. Now, for people out there that don't know exactly what they are, can you explain what they are and exactly how you are involved with this organization? Thank you for asking. So yes. the Maccabi Games are pretty much the Jewish Olympics every four years, um, Jews from around the world. <clears throat> We're talking about 80 or 90 countries. We're talking about thousands of athletes uh, gather and compete in Israel in an Olympic-style event. So whether it's track and field or soccer, pretty much everything you see in the Olympics is done every four years in Israel, and it happens next summer. <clears throat> next summer, our plan is to bring 14 aspiring sports media professionals to Israel to cover the games, as you would the Olympics. So we are going to stream live events. We are going to have them do interviews, uh, do reporter packages, game stories, print matter, social media, and the like, and just hopefully get a once-in-a-lifetime experience, which is covering these games and, and, and doing things as, as you would in the Olympics. So right now we're recruiting folks, and uh, all you have to do is uh, Google Maccabi USA. That's Maccabi, I think the website's maccabiusa.com, and that will take you to an application page, and all the information is right there. If you're a college or even a senior in high school, we're taking some high school kids as well. Whoever these aspiring young journalists are, you couldn't have picked a, a better mentor than my man, Mark Zumoff. I know it's going to be a great trip, man. How else are you keeping yourself busy these days? I know you had your own golf tournament recently. Working for my alma mater, Temple University. We've established the Claire Smith Sports Media Center. And Claire is, uh, I know you know this, Derek, is a Hall of yeah. Fame uh, woman of color, a yeah. sports writer, primarily baseball for many, 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 many years. And She's just an awesome lady, and she brings with her integrity, quality, um, and, and a sense of uh, right and wrong that we want to embody at Temple. So we are naming this Claire Smith Sports Media Center after her, and basically there will be three pillars. We are going to educate students, and we hope to attract a lot of women and people of color. We are going to um, emphasize diversity, equity, and inclusion by including women and uh, people of color. And um, just hope that this is something that will have outreach to it. It'll have research to it. And uh, we'll put Temple uh, at the forefront of uh, the, the thought process as it relates to uh, the latest and greatest in sports media. So what is your specific title with all this? So I'm the associate director, uh, Claire, and uh, a wonderful faculty member, John DiCarlo. They are the directors of the Claire Smith Sports Media Center. And as the associate director, I'm involved in all the policymaking, the programming, and uh, curriculum. In fact, in the spring, believe it or not, I'm teaching a course at Temple on play-by-play. -play. I'm not surprised one bit. Man, they got themselves a gem with Mark Zumoff. All right, now I'm going to get to my final question, and you'll understand why I saved this one for last. Final question uh, to you for this particular podcast. It comes from Dante L underscore Penthouse, and he says, just have Mark do a final yes. Derek Gunn for three, yes! How was that? 
Man, that was perfect. You know what? That signature call will always resonate in my mind. And you know what? You are truly a legend and a treasure in the city of Philadelphia and this entire region. That goes back my, to you, my man. It, it, that goes back look, to you, my man. When we nah, think Eagles, we think you. And stop, I appreciate stop it. any 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 humility. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm telling it. you like it is. Look, brother, I, I'm just I'm just honored and privileged to call you a friend. <laughs> and I'm so happy I got to see Mark Zumoff and listen to Mark Zumoff all these years You're call 76ers games. I wish you nothing but the best. In your retirement, which from what I'm hearing is not really retirement because you're still busy. Yeah, you but know, I'm, so. loving it. I'm loving every minute of it, bro. Loving every do, minute of it. Do keep doing what you do. And, uh, of course, you know, I'll be reaching out to you somewhere down the road to be on Gun on One once again. But I thank you, my brother. You got it. Anytime. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of Gun on One, the podcast. Hey, I thank you out there, everybody, uh, for listening. And as I tell you all the time, keep subscribing and downloading and hit that like button. So until we meet again, continue to stay blessed. But more importantly, be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. Until next time, I'm Derek Gunn. So long, everyone. of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. Alvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Alvin Shabazian. Original music by Weatherman. For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.